In Acts chapter 5, starting with, with verse 27, I, I, love, I love this because I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that today as we are, are seeking to know him, that if you need strength today, look at this passage of scripture, okay? If you need strength today, quit trying to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Quit trying to be holy on your own accord and look at this passage. Because I think it's interesting to me that a lot of times we try to do church on our own. We try to do all the stuff on our own, and it's, it never works out anyway. So we need to go back to, uh, to what Scripture is teaching us. We're not to be like Ananias and Sapphira, but we are to be like the apostles who were walking under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's the key. That, that's the difference in, in the apostles now and the apostles back in, in the Gospels where they were doubting Jesus and they were looking for the wrong things. They were aspiring for the wrong kingdom. But when the Holy Spirit got a hold of these people, they knew what the kingdom was and they knew what they needed to do. And it's the same for you and I today. Look at verse 27 in chapter 5. I love this. And when they had brought them, speaking of the council, bringing these apostles, it says, when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Yet, here you are, and you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and he gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. This is one of those meetings, you know, it's an executive meeting, right? Let's send them outside for a little bit. We need to talk. Verse 35. And he said to the men of Israel, take care of what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutis rose up claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census, and he drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You even may be found opposing God. Look at that passage, that, that warning there, right? It, it, it encourages me to be a person who says, you know what, everything I do in life, I better consult the Holy Spirit. Because here you have some people, a part of the council, right? This is the holy men. These are the people that know it all. Now, Gamaliel, he's, he's respected by everyone. He's known for knowing the law, for knowing uh, what religion is about in their, in their case. But even him, he has a, this amount of faith in God that he says, you know what? If they're not of God, they're going to fall apart. If they are, you better watch out because then you may find yourself fighting against God. I wonder how many times in the church we're actually fighting against what God's doing. 
because of our preconceived notions as to what church is supposed to be. Maybe, maybe we're holding back part of ourself to where we think, well, God, I can give you this, this, and this, but this is mine. I'm going to keep this. And by doing so, what we're doing, we're, we're pushing God back and we're, we're being like those people, really. We're fighting ourselves, fighting ourselves, fighting against God. Have you ever been in a lazy river? They're wonderful, aren't they? I mean, you just get in a lazy river and you just float. A couple weeks ago, we took the, took the boys, we went to Moore. They got this wonderful lazy river there, right? So we're floating around and we're just enjoying, except for the little brats that keep bumping into you because they're running through the water. I'm like, why, why would you run when you can float, you know? It doesn't make any sense. But, but if you ever, in, in a lazy river, if you ever find yourself turning and trying to go against the water, how, how hard is that? It's impossible. The, the, the force of that water, you can't go all the way right back around that pool backwards. It's just not going to happen. Church, when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit, let us not be guilty of fighting it or ignoring it. But rather, let's be like this early church that when, when God is calling us that we go, the beauty in the book of Acts is witnessing disciples who had been taking their cues from Jesus. And they didn't understand it even when Jesus was here, did they? Jesus looked at his disciples before he left, and he says, just wait. Just wait a little longer, and you're going to see something great happen. I'm going to send my, my helper, right? I look at that passage, and I, I can't help but think that when the Holy Spirit's called the helper, that implies that you and I need help. If he's our helper, then we need help. I can't, I can't get around that. I need Jesus. We, we got some terrible news this week, you know? It's just, it's really, it's devastating news. And it's like, what, why Lord, you know? But, but through all of it, God can speak and God can work. And so I'm not going to push against like, like what may be going on. And, and God had, I know it's, it doesn't do any good. People say, well, God has his reasons. And it doesn't help me right now, you know? But what I can trust in is a God who, who knows best, a God who's in control of the big picture, a God who's going to make all these terrible things that are broken and falling apart, he can make them right one day, and he will make them right. And I don't want to find myself fighting against God. That I don't want to be a, a pastor who gets up here and that we have business meetings, which, man, God's doing something great here, but, and I'm glad it's not like this. But I know at times churches can have business meetings where it's all business and no Holy Spirit. It's all about what we want to do and not what God's actually instructing us to do. And going into this, this next year, this, uh, this next year of being together as a church family, you know, it's been one year since I've been here, but going into year two, phase two, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> Daniel 2.0 or whatever, you know, whenever we're going into this, this, this next year, let the Holy Spirit be the center of everything that we do. The beauty in all this in the book of Acts, as you see these people who were, you know, a few chapters ago, they were lopping people's ears off, they were cussing, they were going around, and, and they were having no faith in God at all. But here you see, empowered by the Holy Spirit, a bunch of people who are doing great things for the glory of God. And they're going through some bad stuff. You understand that, right? They're going through some terrible things. They took their cues from Jesus to do something powerful. And they began to be a people who preached the gospel. And they didn't just preach the gospel, but they preached the gospel with a power and a direction from the Holy Spirit. 
They faced the, the council and they didn't care. You know what? We're going to keep preaching. I mean, to the point that these guys, it says they were enraged. If I was to say, I went to the store and I talked to some people and then they became enraged. What's your picture in your mind, you know? They're throwing bananas at me. And I mean, there's something, they're enraged, right? These guys were enraged. I mean, to the point they wanted to kill them. When you read through this passage, um, they get up, they speak. Uh, Gamaliel, he tells them, hey, you guys better hold back because this may be of God. And they're so enraged. Even after hearing the warning, you read it, it says that they went and they beat, beat them again. How many of us have been beaten for the gospel? I know we say, well, you know, somebody looked at me funny when I said I love Jesus. You know, I, one time I had a Jesus freak shirt on and somebody said, you weirdo. That's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking that you go to church, you live your life, you live for Jesus, and you go out here and somebody beats you. The government beats you. Those who have power beat you because you love Jesus. But yet they continued, right? That's the beauty in the book of Acts. That it, it tells me of a of a group of people who are able to endure. We always talk about the endurance of the saints. That's a good old Baptist word, right? Phrase. The endurance of the saints. I I believe we endure. I believe that truly once God saves us, that we are saved for time and for eternity. I believe that. Because salvation is not of us, it is of God. And anything God gives us is good and it's perfect. When when we're saved, we're saved. And on that same token, I don't want us just to get generic and get all Oklahoma Baptists on us. Don't just be like, well, I was saved when I was nine, so and then you just kind of sit idle the rest of your life. No, you are a person who's been saved for a purpose. And that purpose is to bring glory to God. You know, I, I gave my life to the Lord at, at nine years old, right? I met with Brother Roger. We got like a really similar like, like testimony, you know, like when God got a hold of us and, and starting early in ministry, stuff like that. I, it's encouraging. That really encouraged me. But I, I couldn't just stop at age 15, right? I mean, when I was 15 years old, I used to have to go outside, throw up, come in, and then preach. That was truth. <laughs> Y'all laugh, but it was true. It was terrible. It was terrible. I'm like, I don't understand that. I still, we were talking about it in the room uh, before, we, before service. We were praying, and I, I said, you know, I still get nervous before I preach. I really do. I think God keeps me on my toes. But it's by the Holy Spirit that we do everything. Amen. I, I just, can I give you a testimony that when I get up to preach, Jesse and I, we've talked about this. It's like I come out of worship. I was back there. I, I, was, I was the one in the back crying, by the way, okay? And, and, and just relying upon my Lord for power today to do this, because this, this is beyond me right now, to be honest with you. I, I can't do this. Everything we're going through, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to preach. But there's that Holy Spirit pushing, like, yeah, you can do this. But there's this, there's this, there's this thing that happens when we get up and we give ourselves to God. When I get up to preach, it's like something just fills me. And there's sometimes I'm up here and I say something and I'm like, man, that was good. That needs to be in a book somewhere. I didn't even think it up. It just comes out, right? It's this, it's this idea of the Holy Spirit that he empowers us and he infills us. And there's like an outflow of the Holy Spirit whenever we work for him. The worship team, you guys were doing it this morning. I don't know if you realize it or not, but your talents that you're giving to the Lord, 
You know, when we're, 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 we're singing a song, there, there were points in the, in the songs that I just felt the spirit, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, like, like the acoustic, just the sound of the acoustic alone and everything else is kind of going out or like a, a drum solo or that beautiful violin that when you hear that, that's, you know, people giving their, their worship to God. Is it words? Is it action? It's, it's, it's different, but it's God using you. I believe God can touch hearts with that but I don't think we need to keep it to ourselves. Let the church say amen. Don't keep what God's doing to yourself. Charles Spurgeon once said that, have you no wish for others to be saved? <laughs> it's like he's talking to Baptists, right? Have you no wish for others to be saved? Then you're not saved yourself. Be sure of that. Those are hard words to hear. Like if we don't have a desire, we don't have a focus to see people saved, then are we truly saved? I think it's, it's a good question to ask. If what we do as a church is just for show or just for tradition, well, we better get together and meet. It's pointless. It's pointless. Jesus called the religious people his time whitewashed tombs. I mean, we can have a beautiful place to worship, but if it's not for the glory of God, then what's the purpose? What is the purpose of all this? I mean, it's not just... For our glory, surely. These, these guys, I mean, they were being beaten, imprisoned, talked bad about, beaten again, and then released, and then they turn around and they just start preaching the gospel anyways. You know? They didn't care. Because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. They could do no other. They had to do it. It was, it was something that was in them. And so as believers, we don't keep it to ourselves. There's three points I get from this passage. The first thing I would say this morning is that believers are not afraid to speak the truth. They're not afraid. You see here in this passage that it says that, um, that Peter gets up and he speaks. And it also, it says Peter and the apostles. It says all of them. We give credit to Peter because he's kind of the head guy, I guess, but the rest of them are speaking too, and they're all speaking that same truth, right? They're, they're, they're saying, hey, we're going to preach about God, and, and it's going to be about Jesus, and it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we would, rather, we would rather please God than to please you. That's truth. That is straight up truth. Guys, we have to be forward in that, don't we? That when, when we stand up to preach or we stand up to, to do a ministry in our community, we must preach the truth. I loved it the other night. Our, our, our youth pastor, Austin, man, he gets up there and he preaches the gospel and he says, well, before we pray and start throwing, because we played dodgeball afterwards, he says, before we pray <laughs> and we throw balls at each other and hurt each other and all that fun stuff, let's talk about Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Everything we do needs to focus and, and evolve around knowing Jesus more. It's the power of the gospel. In Romans, we read where it's the, that's how people are saved. It's not, we're, we're, people aren't saved because this church looks cool or this, this church is traditional, right? People are saved because of the call of the Holy Spirit in their life. And so we, as the people of God, need to be making sure we go there. And believers, guys, here's the thing. We're not afraid to speak the truth because the truth is just an outflow of the Holy Spirit's work within us. We don't speak from our own boldness. We speak in boldness because of an indwelling and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what it is. When I, when I tell you guys that I get up here and I feel like it's just like some days, I, I'm not saying I don't, I don't study, I don't say, you know, I'm not saying I don't get up here and I, I, there's, there are thoughts that I want to 
convey to you, but it's like God orchestrates it through the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's the same for all people. It's not just preachers. Everybody say amen. It's not just preachers. It's not just your deacons. It's not your leadership. It's not just your worship team. Guys, it's every believer in the body of Christ. And God wants to work through us. God wants to be that. And, and the only way we can be so bold, so unafraid to speak the truth is by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 John 5.14 um, we read this, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him. Speaking of God, you guys want to know what kind of confidence you should have toward God? That if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Man, I love that translation because a lot of times people say that. Well, anything we ask in his name, he'll give us. It's not what it says. Man, I'd love a brand new Chevy Silverado, right? Z71, Four-wheel drive, blacked out. No, I don't want the blacked out rims. I'm not that young. I want some, yeah, you know, I want some shiny stuff, right? I'm from the 90s. We might even level that thing out and drop it a little bit even. You know, I mean, that's, I'm from the 90s. Uh, but, but the thing is, is that just because we ask for something doesn't mean God's going to give it to us. But here's the thing. God does hear us. I prayed a prayer this week and it didn't come true. Honestly, it was the exact opposite that came true. How, how do you deal with that? You know what the thing is? God heard me. And God is able to sustain. God is able to heal. God is able to bring peace where there is no peace right now, even this moment. But it's God, right? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And we continue on, not because of our own boldness, our own strength, we continue on in confidence of who God is. I have confidence in my God. You know, I've had a year of having to really just have confidence in God because I didn't know what I was walking into here, <laughs> you know? And by, by the way, you guys didn't know what you were walking into either. <laughs> Let the church say amen, right? You didn't know. You're like, oh, we don't know what this guy's going to be like. And I didn't really know either, but we knew the Lord was moving. And so we just kind of, you know what? Holy Spirit, we're going to follow you. And the blessing that's entailed, I'm not saying I'm all that in a bag of chips. What I'm saying is God places us where we need to be. God placed you in this church because you need to be here. Let's bring him glory. You know, whether you're a long timer or this is your first Sunday here, I believe God brought you here to hear this message, not because I'm some great orator, but I believe he brought you here because the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to your hearts. And it's the same prescription that the early church in Acts had. They listened to the Holy Spirit and they spoke truth and they weren't afraid to speak the truth because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. The second thing I would say is that the believers watched the hand of God work with the lost. And you, you understand, okay, they're, they're believers, right? And, and before, I don't, we can get all judgy here, I guess, or whatever, but the council, I think we can agree that they weren't believers. If they were believers, they're off course here, right? Because they're trying to, they're beating them. I mean, I, I've never went and preached at a church and the people beat me after it was over. <laughs> well, a youth event one time, but that was different. <laughs> A couple weeks ago, when I got pelted with flour, for some reason I was targeted. For some reason, Austin was targeted. I don't know why they targeted us with flour. I had little, like, 12-year-old girls throwing flour down my throat. And I'm like, what did I do to you? <laughs> I went to Shawnee Mills and bought this flour, and now you're going to do this to me? I, I literally, I, I don't, I think in a few years they're going to have a class action lawsuit because of flour wars, you know, where you or other members of your church exposed to flour, and now you suffer from white lung, you know? 
I, I'm literally still coughing up flour, by the way. And that's no joke. <laughs> you guys think, oh, it's funny. No, it's not. It's not funny at all. It's actually very painful. But it's, it's this power that these guys had that they were able to speak truth. But also, they a lot of times, just they just sat back and watched God work among unbelievers. We see that time and time again in Scripture, don't we? You see, Joseph was a believer in God. And you saw God time and time again put him in favor or put him where he needed to be. Right? You see David. David was chosen king. And I don't know David was David. And David was, you know, a lot of things. But he was a man after God's own heart. So David, even in his calling from God, his anointing from God, God continually put him where he needed to be and eventually did put him where he needed to be as king. It was God that was in control of all this, right? And it's not, it's, it's, it's interesting how God uses the unbelievers in order that his will might happen. Here you see where Gamaliel, he comes out and he says, hey, wait a minute, stop. I mean, those disciples could have died that day, honestly. Like they were heading towards death. But Gamaliel said, you know what? Hey, wait a minute. And these people respected him. And so he said, stop. Hold on. Let's think about this. And God used an unbeliever to forward the gospel that day. God used someone who didn't even believe in the gospel per se. Maybe he was heading that way. I don't know Gamaliel's full story. Maybe he came to Jesus at some point. I don't know. I'm sure there's something out there that we might, I just haven't researched that. There's your homework for the week. Go find this guy that's got a weird name. But God used him so that the gospel may go forward. And I think it's interesting that even in our society, we say, man, this is such a pagan society that we live in. It's okay because the gospel's still good, right? The government could come down and say Christianity is illegal and the church could still flourish here if we rely upon the Holy Spirit. I honestly believe the Lord's taking us through this, this reminder of the Holy Spirit, not just so we can feel more holy and more Baptist, but I believe he's doing it because maybe there are hard times ahead and we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, not empowered by our religion. Those are hard words, I know. It's, it's brought back at me too. Like going to a foreign country here in a, in a few weeks. I don't know how it's going to go down. I mean, but, but if, if the going gets rough, I mean, am, am I going to be strong enough just to stand my faith in Jesus and say, you know what? I can't do anything but preach Jesus. I mean, that's a good question. And I think we all need to have that question. Like, God, can I? Well, the, the over-the-top answer here is no, you cannot. <laughs> but through him, you can. You know, it's like people say, well, the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. That's, that's a bunch of malarkey. He will give you way more than you can handle. Have you ever been broken before? How I many time and time again, I was just like, this is too heavy. When my father passed away several years ago, it was like, I can't handle this, Lord. I mean, like, I literally just gave up. I was like, I don't even want to think about God. I don't want to think about anything. I'm done. Like, I literally, like, verbally told God, I'm done. About 30 minutes later, he slapped me in the face and he said, hey, you're mine. I'm not letting you go. Perseverance of the saints, right? I mean, that's, I look at that. I'm like, God was God taking care of me way back then, but it's his power. And, and it's interesting that we, we need to remember that no matter what we face in life, that God can use our present situations to his glory, regardless of what we think. Austin and I, we were, we were praying about some stuff and Youth ministry, man, the youth ministry is just growing. We have a lot of good stuff going on in that, that part of the church. That's just one area that's really just I'm pumped about right now. But, but we kind of had a setback last week, and we're like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, 
Like Daniel's flesh wanted to come out and go throat punch someone. I know. But I'm like, what, what is going on here? But then all of a sudden, like we see God show up. And we're like, oh, okay, never mind, God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> please forgive me for my ignorance. If we live by the flesh, we're going to die by the flesh, right? But if you live by the Spirit of God, it is something that goes on and on and on. And I might, I, I'm reminded this week, like it was a lesson for me, Austin. I know it was, because here I am preaching it. I'm studying it. I looked at it all week, right? Roger and I talked about it over lunch. I mean, there's just like this, this theme of the Holy Spirit, living by the Holy Spirit. And like in the moment, like I almost curbed, but then I was like, you know what? It's okay. Really, my flesh peeked out when I come over there and I saw Austin was kind of, I could tell it was, he was bothered a little bit and I'm bothered too, but I was like, man, you know that you don't mess with Austin. You know I mean? That's, that's my man right there. But the thing that you guys got to understand is that's the Holy Spirit that gets us through those things. And God can use people being disobedient anyways. God can use situations in spite of ourselves. Here's the cool thing. God can use you even if you're not being totally obedient right now. He can still use you. Believe me, I'm a pastor. There's been several times that I probably wasn't where I was supposed to be, but God used me anyway. So believers watch the hand of God work with the lost or or work with seemingly lost situations. I've seen it firsthand, that movement of God in the daily grind. I've, I've seen him be involved in situations where the unredeemed are fighting for the cause of the gospel. I've seen it time and time again. And the work of the Spirit, from what I've learned, is far reaching. It's far reaching. It's something bigger. I can't even explain it, and it's so good. It's so good to see the Spirit of God work in people. So good to see that, that God is, is not just throwing us out there and say, do what you want to do, do what, whatever seems right to you. That's not what he says. He says, follow me. Was he not crew? He tells us to be still and know that he's God. What Sabbath is really about. You know, you look at the, the Ten Commandments, and it says, keep the Sabbath. And I know, I believe there's, there's, there's value in that. But really what we see in, this, in that introduction to who God is, God's like, hey, be still and know that I'm you, that I'm your God, right? Be still. Take a Sabbath. Kick back. Think about me, talk about me, worship me. Because in me, you're going to find peace and joy. It's not, about, it's not about our work. It's not about the things in this world. It's about knowing God. I, I, honestly, I mean, is there anything better than to see God work? Is there? I don't, I don't think there is. I'll tell people one of the favorite things I, I love to do as a pastor is to baptize folks. Because I just feel like, man, this is a declaration that's bigger than me. I love that. It's, is there anything better? Church, we need to find ourselves striving to be where God is working. You guys want to be excited when you come to church or you want to be bored? Right? You want to be excited? Raise your hand. All right? Anybody want to be bored when you come to church? Raise your hand. Okay, there's two or three of you. Okay. There's a deacon. There, there, there's, our, there's our family pastor back there. He's saying yes, right? We got, we got other people. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody wants to, we want to experience God in his fullness. I believe that's true. There's a, there's a little bit of fear in it, though, when you invite the Holy Spirit to, to lead us. Because you don't know what he's going to do. He might lead you to a town that you never even lived in before and say, hey, I want you to pastor here, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that stuff happens. There was an anonymous saying that I've heard several times, and it kind of crossed my mind this week. It says, those who leave everything in God's hand will eventually see God's hand in everything. I love that. If you leave everything in God's hand, you're going to see God moving. 
Like, and I find it true, like even when, we, when I get terrible news and I'm not perfect, I mean, there's, there's things about me sometimes that I'm, I doubt God or maybe I, I say, well, this is, this is terrible, God. But even in terrible things, what the Holy Spirit has, has conditioned me and empowered me to view is that, okay, if that's a bad thing, I'll get to see God make it good. If that's a broken thing I'm looking in my life right now, that's an opportunity to see God do something really awesome. Because I believe it's true. We sometimes say, well, God's not moving. Well, it's because we're really not watching. God's moving all the time. God's speaking to hearts all the time. I mean, I, I think about it. I, I know like, you know, Wednesday nights, our kids, they, sometimes they may seem like they're not listening, right? I look out there. McLeod kids are really polite. I don't know what it is. Like when we, when we I, know it, I know what it is. It's the Holy Spirit. But, but it's like interesting whenever it comes time for that, everybody just gets real quiet. That's not typical for young people, in my opinion, my experience. But you see God work with people. And I know like we turn around and we, we throw dodgeballs at each other and it's all good fun. Or, but along the way, the, people are hearing the gospel, right? You may say, well, man, this service was, was pretty good. You know, the service, you know, it's timely. You know, it's 1143, so you guys know what time it is. This is a, you know, a typical service. You, you come here weekly or maybe this is your first time you come in here and you say, well, you know, the preacher gets up and preaches. We had worship. You know, there's all this kind of stuff. But really when we come to church, we all say, God, I want to feel your spirit. I want you to empower me. Worship team, I needed empowered today. And in the back, the Lord, like, it's like there was a plug-in back there and I just plugged in and it was like, God just gave me power. He gave me encouragement. But God can use any situation. Even a situation where it seems like all your plans have changed and it's all terrible, God can still use it. God can use lost situations, lost people. And if we view God, if we look for God, we say, God, I I want my entire life in your hands. We're going to see his hands moving and doing great things. The last thing I would say this morning is that believers count the walk as an honor. And this kind of goes back to the last two weeks. We've talked about how Christianity, following Jesus, salvation, it's a sacred thing. Let the church say amen to that. We, we don't need to just have this cheap, well, God saved me, now I'm going to go do whatever I want. It's not how it works. Honestly, I believe that once God really gets a hold of you, you can't help but follow him. Yeah, you make mistakes and all that, but I mean, he's consistently like directing you and redirecting you and, and helping you out through his Holy Spirit. Because remember, we need a helper and he is the helper and when it comes down to it, we count the walk as an honor. You look at this passage here in Acts. I mean, you know, you, you see them get up and preach even after they've been beaten. And then you see the lost take up for them. And then you see that they leave that place and they go and they count their suffering as an honor. <laughs> Man, this is awesome. This is awesome. I mean, can you imagine that, that, that mentality? Something had changed in them fundamentally. And that something is the work of the Holy Spirit. That they could go and, and I don't know, when I was in high school, I remember there's a, I got in a few fights. You guys know what it's like to be in like junior high and stuff, right? It happens. Most of my friends that I'm lifelong friends with, at one time we went to fist, right? It's, it's, just, it's a natural thing with guys. Girls, if y'all ever fight, you're enemies for life. Guys, man, we, you know, we become best buddies. But the thing is, is that I remember those times and, and the few times that I, I did get in a fist fight or something like that, it's, it's, it's just dumb, really. You know, is that the only, that the only option we have here? It seems like it in the moment. But I do have to say that if someone ever punched me in the face, I always had a hard time with them for at least a while. 
But these guys, after being punched by the system, continued to turn around and preach to the system. They didn't stop. They didn't pull back. They didn't say, well, let's, we'll just go have a, a quiet church over here. No, they continued to preach. Again, back to the first point that we're not afraid to speak the truth. We love seeing God work in impossible lost situations. But the thing is, is that we count it as an honor. And church, I have to say this, that a year into worshiping with you guys and doing ministry with you guys, this is not just a job. This isn't just a paycheck. This is an honor to serve with you guys. Like I view it that way. I, I come to work and I'm just like, man, this is an honor. Today, man, I knew it was going to be a time of worship. I knew it was going to be, the word was going to be good. You guys have had Sunday school today. You know, it's an honor. So view Christianity. There needs to be a kind of a mindset change. And it's not just when things are going well. Sometimes people love to input into the church when the finances are good and things at home are good and everything's perfect. Everything's la-di-da. And they come to church and they enjoy it. But when things get bad, Maybe they just split their ways. Maybe sometimes people only come to church when things are bad. You see what I'm saying? But what God desires of us is that he wants us all the time. In the good, in the bad. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? He wants to be there for us at all times. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, I believe we become a people who, no matter what's going on right now, we count it an honor to worship Jesus. I thank God that this morning I was able to worship God even though with everything that's going on, I was able to worship God this morning. And that's not my own power. And honestly, I just, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but his Holy Spirit empowers us to do that. We often find honor, we should find honor when things are going well, but we should also find honor in serving Jesus when things are going terrible. Romans 15, the, uh, I love in Romans, Romans parallels a, a lot of these teachings that we're seeing given as examples in the book of Acts. You, you see these examples lived out and then you get to Romans and it's like hardcore teaching now, all right? This, and they're teaching it, Paul's teaching it because he had saw the example of what the early church had went through and now he was living it. But in Romans chapter, chapter 15, verse 17, it says, in Christ Jesus then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Are you proud of your work for God? The writer in Romans, he says, I got reason. The reason is because of the Holy Spirit. The reason is because it wasn't his work. I'm proud of my pastoral work wherever I've been, not because of my work, but because of what God has done. And it's, it's wonderful. It's kind of weird sometimes, but I see like, like my previous church, I see stuff going on, you know, and, and there's that human side of me that's like, yeah, but I baptized that person, you know. It's like, where's my, where's my pat on the back, right? I'm the one that discipled them. I was the one that was there when their, when their grandma died or their mom died or something like that. I was the one, I was the one. Guys, it's not about our work. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's wonderful to look back and to see, you know what, God's still working there. It's wonderful to look here and see, yeah, even a year later, I see God still working in people's lives. He hasn't stopped. He's still there. It's still just as sweet as it was the day that we got it. But he says, I count it an honor. I have proudness of my work for God. Verse 18, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and by deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And thus I will make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. 
But as it is written, those who have been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. The gospel is a powerful thing. Right here in Romans, he's telling them, hey, I counted an honor. In his particular call in ministry, we all have different calls. His particular call was to go where the gospel hadn't been yet. We read the epistles and we see Paul writing, right? He's writing back to the, the churches and he's saying, hey, get your stuff together, right? You know, it's like, hey, hey, you know, uh, I, I love you guys. You're awesome. I pray for you all the time. Correct this. Timothy says hi. That's like basically every epistle that you read. But along the way, Paul's out there. Along the way, several of the other apostles out there, they were, they were called to go to where the gospel hadn't been. I count going to Turkey kind of as like an honor thing for me. Going to Turkey, I know that used to be a Christian nation. That was a place where so much was done. The early church was there, you know, but now it's like, it's not even there. It's like, it's dead. But I count it an honor that I get to go to places and talk to people that literally right now don't know Jesus. That if their life were to end, by what the Bible says, they would not go to heaven. They would go to hell. But how do you go and how do you go and speak to someone that's, you know, different ethnicities, different language, <laughs> different religion, different viewpoint on the world? How do you go and tell people about Jesus? You go empowered by the Holy Spirit. How do we, how do we visit with people around McLeod, Oklahoma? Is everybody in McLeod just like you? No. They have different likes. I guarantee you there are people in McLeod, Oklahoma that don't come here because we have Baptists on the sign. They've had bad experiences. They're like, well, I won't ever go to a Baptist church again. But we can go to them empowered by the Holy Spirit and bring them hope, to bring them peace, to not be afraid to speak the truth, to not be afraid to say, you know what, God, I'm going to watch you work within the lost. I'm going to watch you work in impossible situations. And man, it's an awesome thing. It is an awesome thing to follow Jesus. Would the church say amen to that? I'm going to ask you to stand. This morning, if God is talking to you, these altars are going to be open. But, but this morning in particular, if you have never asked Christ to be the Savior of your life, I want you this morning just to, to be thinking, God, I've never asked you to be my Savior. I've never fully trusted you. And the Scriptures teach us that we've all fallen short of God's glory. We've all sinned. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to give you a, a ray of hope today a beacon of hope. That you may be lost, but the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now, if he's drawing you, don't push back. Don't fight against the current. Just say, you know what? Holy Spirit, I'll listen today. The Bible tells us that if he's called us, that if we've recognized our sin, he says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's pretty simple. <laughs> That's pretty simple. If you're not saved today, you can be. Quit running from God. Quit living in your sin. Say, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus today. The band's going to play here in just a moment. I want you to understand that if you need to ask Jesus into your heart, today's the day. As soon as they hit that first note, I want you just to bust out of the pew, and I want you to come down here. Let's get this taken care of. I mean, honestly, you're already saved. God's already spoken to your heart. But let's, today, let's, I would love to partner with you and pray with you and give you that, that picture of what it is. Do you know Jesus? Maybe you are a believer today, but you just need encouragement in him. I want you to understand today that God can encourage you in any, any walk in your life, whatever you might need.
These altars are open for that as well. Would you, I'm going to pray. They're going to they're going to play a song. But let me pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this time that we've had to come together. I thank you for strength that's beyond our strength. But I pray that we would be bold in our speech. But I pray that we will just glory and even in impossible situations, Lord, we'll look for you to do your job, to do your beautiful work. And God, I pray that we just have this view of Christianity, not as a religion, but as a joy and honor. God, it is a joy and an honor to serve you. Father, I pray that we would live with that truth at our forefront. God, it's an honor to serve you. Thank you for saving us. Lord, draw those who may be unbelievers today to salvation. Lord, I pray that you would draw believers today to, to right living, empowered by your helper who's sent to help us, God. People who need help. In your most holy name, amen.